0: Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite.
1: Well, hello. Well, How
0: I'm here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so disingenuous because we've been talking for like 40 minutes already, <laughs> but we kind of have to start the podcast somehow. Howdy doody. No, I like that. Howdy doody time. Yeah. I feel like so at the core sometimes on Sundays. Uh, if people are, like, taking their time to get into the chapel from our fellowship time, I'll, like, use the microphone like a bullhorn and say something like, Attention, ladies and gentlemen, come to the chapel! And just, it's hilarious, and everybody laughs, and it breaks the weirdness. Or makes About more weirdness. Time? I don't know. I was like, does it break it, though? Uh, or I mean, it it. That, but... I
1: like weirdness. Weirdness is fine. It's good. You know, it breaks, breaks down the walls, you know? Yes, sure. It reminds people that you can
0: actually have fun in church on a Sunday.
1: What? It's possible. I refuse refuse to not have fun where I am in anywhere, including church. There you go. And including this Misfit Messers podcast. So
0: if this is your first time, welcome to to the podcast. Uh, Really, Amanda and I just get together uh, and talk about scripture, talk about life talk about how to live out scripture sometimes in daily life or at least how we do it how we're pondering through it and right now we are in the in a series on uh nehemiah and specifically looking at nehemiah as a i don't know would you call template no nah, template's not the right example example of leadership yeah leadership yeah. development the example of
1: work yeah yep i'm trying to think of how to phrase it better but i got nothing so yeah and the example yeah. of leadership.
0: Example right. of leadership. So
1: we're going through, working through the book uh, called
0: Becoming Nehemiah, Leading with Significance by David McKenna. So shout out to that gentleman. Um, I don't know if
1: he's still around I was gonna say, I think he's dead. I, I don't know. But I, shout out to Kevin. Good job, buddy. Promoted you made
0: the it. Board. There you go. Bravo. So we are in the middle of kind of looking through Nehemiah's life. Last week, Last week we didn't go exactly where I thought we were going to go, but but that's okay. It was a wonderful conversation talking about teams and leadership and things like that. And today I kind of wanted to talk about, if it's all right with you, this concept of Nehemiah's example of how to deal with uh, how to deal with distract distract not distractions, although they kind of are distractions. But these guys who keep pestering him because they don't want him doing what he's doing, right? So to catch you up, if, if you haven't read Nehemiah, I highly recommend. It reads really well, reads very much like a novel, especially get, you know, you have to kind of jump over those lists of people, which for them was very important. Just like we, we talked about, you know, you're honoring the list of people who have helped out in your endeavor to build the wall around Jer- Jerusalem. But you have this idea of uh, folks who are naysaying his efforts to rebuild this wall, and his reaction. And I just love it. Because he prays to the Lord about it. He basically doesn't allow them to be a distraction to him. Which is great. Uh, but I wanted to dive into those tonight. Is that cool? I, I love it. Alright. So the first time you have kind of the these characters who are pestering Nehemiah is in Nehemiah chapter 4. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just making fun of him. So this is what they say. Uh, Nehemiah chapter four, verses one through three. When Sambalot heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? And Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even if a fox climbed upon it, he would break down their stones, their wall of stones. Hater. Right? So you have these guys who are just torqued, mad that that Mm. Nehemiah is rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. They don't want Jerusalem to have that safety, that that strength to be a stronghold. And they're making fun and belittling. But I... I think it's important to to realize that he's doing it in front of an army, the army of Samaria. Now that struck me for the first time reading that today. Okay.
1: Because what is Samaria? Like, I mean, right now? No, like think about time of Jesus. What is Samaria? Okay. Oh yeah. The Samaritans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I fine. mean so the the idea is this this the land of samaria
0: is north of jerusalem right. and it's the the northern tribes in the split kingdom that get right. conquered by the assyrians back in 722 bc they get carted off and new new people get carted in cuz that was the assyrians kind of way to really destroy a culture destroy a people group mm-hmm. was that they would come in wipe everything out Take the people who were there, pump them somewhere else. As far as you know, they'd take yeah. them to northern Turkey, Western Turkey, wherever, and then bring people from those areas geographically right. down yeah. into that region. And so Samaria is this weird conglomeration. It's not really Jewish, but yet it's it is. And in Jesus' time, Samaritans were considered by Jews as just dirty second-class Burrows. citizen. Citizens, they wouldn't associate with them. They wouldn't talk with them. That, so the whole thing about Jesus talking to the woman at the well was like this crazy. Not only is she a woman, but she's a Samaritan woman oh. and that whole thing. But then he uses an example of a Samaritan being the good Samaritan. That's where we get that phrase. So here you have Sanballat, who is in the presence of all his associates, all his yes men, right? All his, his bros, okay. right? He's hanging out with them. And he's got this army of Samaria who is it's they're an enemy of the jews they don't want jews to come back to this area and find you know a seat of power and and get back in their feet politically and militarily and and have power
1: what well these guys are kind of funny too because they're saying like uh well what they're doing won't amount to much but oh wait if it does they're plotting against the king but they yep. also suck. I don't, like, I'm trying to find out where it says they're from. Oh, yeah. Sanbalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arab. Yep. Um. So these guys, like you're saying, occupying the thing, and they're kind of watching from a distance. They're kind of like, oh, is trying to discourage, but then they realize, like, oh, wait. um, what What does it mean for us if he gets these walls built? Yeah. And, um... Well, and this is start to politic. That's what that's.
0: (laughs) politic. and just, you know, nothing is more. Well, I don't want to say nothing is more defeating because that's a little overstated, but it is. It can be demoralizing when you're trying to accomplish something. In this case, he's rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, whether, you know, you're trying to build something in your school or your family or your business or your job. You're trying to maybe do something a little different or build something new or rebuild something and when you have people kind of on the sidelines who are just telling you it's not going to amount to anything you're not going to succeed i don't even know why you're trying what are you tr- what are you trying to do we don't want chains around here what what are you yeah. who do you think you are you
1: know yes i mean and even if you try not to listen to it i mean it it gets in your head it does you know and um yeah it sucks especially it does. when people don't have the full story or they or they assume right we talk a lot on this podcast about people who assume things of other people and it doesn't end well
0: never ends well
1: but i love nehemiah because he doesn't get involved in politicking right (laughs) but i will say he has a
0: pretty aggressive response prayer wise yeah (laughs) right so this is what he says this is just verses four and five so this is just flowing as the story goes right this is what Nehemiah says, hear us, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Because here's the thing. The Jews understood what it was like to be plundered mm-hmm. into, into captivity as a people group. Mm-hmm. They understood how that was, right? It says, do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. And then he says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it had reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. He had yeah. the people's heart like he had the backing of the people. They understood the mission. They understood what they were trying to accomplish. We want to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we can feel safe, so that we can be safe, okay. so we can be strong. We can rebuild our nation. Uh, we can come, you know, come back home
1: and rebuild what we were. And hopefully for the better, right? Well, and I like what I like about Nehemiah's response too. Is it's very human. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I mean, sometimes when we're when we're talking about these things, like not intentional, but you know, they're they're real people. Like Nehemiah was a real guy. Dan Blad and the rest of them, real dudes. And he just had a very honest response. Like he didn't, he didn't react he didn't blow up. Right. But he took his, he had, he had a concern. He took it to God. Right. And he's Mm -hmm. like, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. This is what I'm feeling. I want you to take them into captivity. Let them, let them lose everything. Let that, like everything be turned back on their heads, because here they are mocking us and Lord, I want you to take care of it. Now it doesn't say, you know, he got mad at God when that did or didn't happen, you know, but it didn't happen
0: exactly how we maybe wanted it.
1: Right. But he's, but he's very honest in, in his, uh, This is where I'm feeling. Yep. But he didn't take it to anybody, but God. Mm, Hmm. Yes. Frustration. Yeah. Um, He didn't stand. He he didn't stand by the
0: water cooler and say, "Well, if only those detractors would shush, shut their mouths, we could get this done."
1: But also, he didn't uh, bottle it either. True. Right. He got it out to the one place that can handle it, right, which is God. And so um, I think that sometimes remember that God God can handle those hard feelings, even it if it isn't very Christianly to hope that your detractors get uh, their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. It is honest. It is honest. <laughs> we can give it to God yeah. and um, and let him let, put it in his court, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I found too, you got to remember also, you got to put things into perspective historically, right? Mm-hmm. Nehemiah... Is a a couple thousand plus twenty five hundred years ago, okay. And so praying against your enemies in such a fashion looks different than what we might say we'd pray against our enemies now. We live in a comfortable, civilized yeah. world now, right? So our modern moral sensibilities we cannot yeah. like backdate into Nehemiah, okay? Yeah, because we tr- we do that all the time. People judge oh, sure. the Bible and they say, well. But God must be awful if he told the, told them to slaughter everybody. Okay, understand, God speaks to people in the time frame that he's speaking to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the context of their culture in that time, he's not speaking the same commands to us in 2023 in a Western, very comfortable society that he would have been 3,000 years ago in a culture where safety wasn't a thing. Civilization didn't look... We uh-huh. live in a very comfortable world. We talk all the time about first world problems, right? <laughs> yeah, They didn't they didn't understand a thing called first world problems in 500 BC. That was not a thing, right? It was kill or be killed when it came to marauders who would come through. So okay. they don't have the wall of Jerusalem. They can be destroyed, killed, taken off into captivity, taken off
1: into slavery anytime, anywhere, if they are not protected as a people. That just reminded me of this. This meme I saw the other day yeah. about saying someone saying, uh, "But I can do all things through Christ," and it says like, "Susan, be quiet. You don't even go to church when it's raining."
0: <laughs> First, real problems. Oh.
1: And I was yeah. like, "Oh man,
0: people quote misquote. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." Well, yes, oh, yes, all the time, all the time. But yeah. <laughs> But if we keep reading in chapter four, because I just, I love this, this whole series. Uh-huh. It says, when Samblat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone on ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard uh-huh. day and night to meet this threat. Can I just say, friends, this has been a formative verse for me. They prayed to God and they posted a guard day and night. Mm. Sometimes we have this misconception that if we pray to God, then we can just sit and wait for God to act. Now, I'm not saying he can't do that. Okay, he can do that. But I also understand that when a soldier is waiting for orders, I always use this analogy when a soldier is waiting for orders. Uh, to go into battle, they're not just sitting there twiddling their thumbs on the couch, right? Mm-hmm. What is a soldier doing when they're waiting for orders? They might be doing physical training. They might be doing weapons practice. They might be cleaning their equipment. They might be um do- doing those things in
1: preparation for when the command comes, right? Well, and even not in war, but even just remember the ten virgins and the oil, right? When they're waiting for the bridegroom to come back. There's some that brought extra just in case he was delayed. And then we look at people like, but we didn't bring any extra because we that foolish. sucks. <laughs> yeah, you're foolish. That
0: sucks foolish. for yep. you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's Matthew uh twenty five, in case you're curious, yep. you want to look that up. Uh yeah, it's God I obviously the scripture that doesn't exist that people say all the time, God helps those who help themselves is not in the Bible, is not an accurate true statement however that said god also expects his people to not just sit back and do nothing in their waiting um in fact when it says be still and know that i am god it's not a it's be at peace and know it's mm. it's not just sit there like a bump on a log and i'm just going to wait and and see right now right. there are times if the Holy Spirit gives you and says, Hold off, just chill and wait for a second. That's different, right? But in yeah. the waiting, what are we doing in preparation? Yeah. In the waiting for God to act, because he's got a Nehemiah's got a an army against him who are who are probably going to attack Jerusalem in a very vulnerable state. The wall is only half built. It's only right. half height. But so do you know
1: how tall it gets? I don't even I don't, know. I don't remember at this juncture. Okay. No, it doesn't matter. I just was curious what half fight would be. I'm sure feet. I
0: could go find it out. And... Six feet? Five feet? May, probably lot higher than that. I mean, higher. Probably like 12, maybe. 10, 12. 12. Yeah, but I mean, easily scalable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and they are vulnerable if they're building, right? Mm-hmm. Because how 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 are you going to fight back if you're like, have a trowel and some bricks, right? Mm-hmm. I guess you could throw the bricks at him, <laughs> right? But what, is, what does Nehemiah do? He prays to God, they pray to God, and posted a guard. Right. Because I think sometimes we, we have misapplied scripture that we just have to wait and do nothing until God acts. No, in the waiting, we are ready, we are prepared, we are doing things for when the command comes. Like good soldiers, we are preparing ourselves for what needs to happen. Right? So then if we continue reading. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve as guards by night and workmen by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water.
1: Right. So these
0: guys so are fair. serious. They understand the threat. Like you know, we're going to be diligent. We're going to make sure because uh, my guess is that the army that wants to attack is an army of of rabble, if you will. Mm-hmm. That they're just marauders. It's not that they're necessarily a uh, a disciplined military unit. <laughs> From you know, from Babylon or Persia or Egypt or whatever, they're just marauders who are hoping to to pick on the weaklings, as it were,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So if if Nehemiah can show that Jerusalem is not weak, right, then they can you know not wouldn't necessarily be overrun by these marauders, right? Yeah, they're like they're like gangs. Yep. Yeah. Exactly like that. Um, so there's a number of things. I'm going to skip ahead uh, sure. to chapter six. Oh, okay. Is that is that cool? You good with that? Because I love this. Uh, because,
1: yep, yep. I'm ready. So they're yep.
0: so they're getting the the wall all built up, and Sambalat, Tobiah, they're still cranky about it. So chapter six, verse verses one through four. Well, they can't space. get
1: through the wall. Right. They can't get through the defenses.
0: Right. They so they, they kind of have a the plan. <laughs> they can't win, so they're Finding plan B. Plan B is this. When word came to sambalot to buy a guest from the Arab and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates, sambalot and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying out a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. And we're gonna get to this the fifth time and that's a different thing. But I just can I just say I love that Nehemiah does not accept the invitation to a trap. Yeah, he's not stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh we we're talking right before we hit record that just because someone invites you to a conversation to a conflict, to a debate, to a fill in the blank, just because you're invited does not mean that you have to accept the invitation. Mm -hmm. If you know that that conversation or conflict debate is not going to be beneficial or it's going to be one-sided, you don't have to accept that invitation. You say, Nope, I'm sorry. I've got work to do.
1: So, Jenny, we were talking about this You when know, we called yesterday mm-hmm. about this kind of thing about people who just want to argue or cause up dissension for dissension's sake and just to argue. And it is completely fruitless to even engage. Right. You know, it's saying, you know, if we want to have a discussion on X, Y, Z for, you know, mutually beneficial or you whatever. But if you want to do it just to make me look stupid or make you look smarter or whatever, or because you just want to fight, it's not worth anyone's time to do that, right? <laughs> not yep. mine, not yours, not the kingdom of heaven, definitely. And uh, yeah, don't play that game. It's dumb, right? And there are no winners.
0: <laughs> Correct. Even if the, you even if you think you came out a winner, yeah. Like, what did you win? Did you win an argument so you look smart? Cuz that's not winning. Yeah. Well, just like we we had talked about yesterday as well, if you are just in it for to win the argument so that you can get the credit or you can get the glory. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, if we're if we're following Christ, if we're following God, especially when it comes to ministry leadership, God needs to get the glory. So when you think about the situation you're in or the person who invites you to a conflict or a debate or a conversation, ask yourself the question, who's going to get the glory from this conversation? Mm -hmm. Because if the answer is something or someone else other than God, do you need to be in that conversation?
1: What are you going to get a gold star? Good job. Woohoo. Yeah, gold stars. (laughs) I mean, if you're trying to collect them. Yes, and especially if it's pulling you away from something God has actually called you to do. Yes, which in this thing, the, Nehemiah won't play that game. He's like, "Why would I come down and do all whatever you're trying to do? I'm, I'm busy. I got stuff going on. I'm, I'm doing God's work. It would benefit no one for me to entertain whatever the heck you think
0: you're doing." Right. Well, even if Nehemiah did not suspect a trap it still doesn't behoove him to go down there because he's got, he's got a God ordained thing he's doing. I think sometimes when we think about ministry, especially in ministry, we get caught up in the things when we've talked about this before too, the, like the maybe good things, but not the God Mm -hmm. things. Right. Right. And so again, you don't have to accept an invitation. So there are lots of things that, so in my, my role, your role that, I don't know about you, but I get asked to do. People come and they're like, you should, you ought to, you need to, you fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And they're all good things, right? But I have to kind of discern, okay, what is God calling us to do? What is the Holy Spirit leading us towards? What would be beneficial to the mission of the Salvation Army that I believe God has called us to? And what would give God the glory Yeah. or what am I doing for my own glory? Because I want to get, I want to look good to my community or I want to look good to my organization or I want to look good to my church. If you're, if that's what your motivation is as you think about what actions you're doing and decisions you're making is how can it make me look good? Yeah. Check your, check yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what a great way to, um, to, to have that, I love, I just really, I'm just going back to what you just said, you know, and before any interaction, think who gets the glory. I think that's a great, uh, check, checkpoint. Yeah. You know, with that.
0: Yeah. You don't have to accept an invitation just because somebody offered it. <laughs> just like you don't have to accept what people say about you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Yeah, if it's not um, helpful, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there are people in your life, you should accept their their feedback and their information. The people you trust and the people that you know are going to speak truth into your life.
1: Um, but- we we actually just had this at our core. You know, it's the Christmas campaign right now. It's the bell ringing campaign. It's our first time at this new core. Um, we don't, we can't speak to what was done previous years because we were not here and we don't know. Right. And um, And so some people were saying... Why didn't you do this? Or why did you make this decision? Or blah, 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 blah. Um, And it was really discouraging. Um, It just was just, it just is, you know? Um, And then the question was asked, you know, do you think, actually, I think you told me, (laughs) I think it was you, Jenny, but just that you said, do you, do you think you've done everything in your power that you can do? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, do, do the other people know that, or do they are they able to know that? And I'm like, not really, because how would they? And they're like, then don't worry about it, right? Yeah, because if you if you have if you can look back and say I have nothing to be ashamed of, or I'm not slumping off, or I'm not doing this or that, right. um, God knows, and that's yes. the only person that matters, right? Right. And so don't don't be upset at people for being, you know, they don't have all the information, and so they're point of view is skewed anyway so why are you worried about it and I was like yeah okay that's helpful well that's why you're so smart
0: <laughs> it's called learning the learning the hard way is how my life has worked most of the time those things like that I've learned how to do it wrong and I've failed and I've messed it up and then I learned that's the thing friends you're gonna mess it up you're gonna yeah. fail it's okay to do that it's hard it sucks it doesn't feel good or nice. It feels horrible, especially if you fail big. But at the end of the day, if you learn from those failures, like really learn from those failures, the worst is when you fail, didn't learn, and fail again the exact same way because you didn't learn the lesson, right? Or you keep doing that like time after time and you're like, why do I just keep failing at this? Because you're not learning the lesson (laughs) you need to learn, right? And some yeah. of us are stubborn and pigheaded. and so we have that happen sometimes, but yeah. um, yeah. and
1: I think it's also speaks to having having people you know that speak that into you when right. you're having a hard time, right you know and I had that too it said that it said, uh, you know the more that, that the pressure came on, the fat the harder the people worked, yeah, you know because yep. they knew what was at stake, you know, yep.
0: Yeah. Good I stuff, love the, man. as we continue in Nehemiah, what did you say?
1: I said, good stuff, friend. I
0: know it's, we, we, I love our conversations. They're so much fun. But if we keep yeah. going in Nehemiah, we we've got a little time left. So I want to push, push right. a little bit. Cause not that I care that we go slow through these things. Cause I think sometimes you need to draw out some good information and, and things, but I also like to let's keep going.
1: Well, Cause we have
0: fine. a good conversation going. So in verse, in chapter six, verses five through nine, it says, then the fifth time. So Sambalot was not discouraged by four times getting a no from Nehemiah. He thought he could trick him on the fifth time. So this is what he said. Sambalat sent his aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written. It's, okay, friends, the unsealed letter was so that Nehemiah would read it. Okay. It was, yeah. it was a ploy. Okay. So this is what Sambalat wrote. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building a wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. And I've even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There's a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us confer together. I sent him this reply. So this is Nehemiah's reply, because he's like, look, dude, this is not, no. Because he's like, I'm just here to help you, bro. Right, I'm I'm just trying to help. This stuff Absolutely. is coming out about you that you're going to be king. And yeah. I just want you to know about it. So come, come, let's talk about this. We need to talk about it. We need to, we need to spin the PR. We need to spin yeah. it. Anyway. So Nehemiah res- sends them this reply. Nothing like what you were saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head, which I love. Cause it sounds like a very, you're just making it up in your head, dude. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Nehemiah says they were just trying to frighten us thinking their hand will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed again. Nehemiah prays again and again in Nehemiah. He mm-hmm. is praying to the Lord. He says, uh he prays, now strengthen my hand. But mm. I'll tell you, it goes on, friends. He is, he is threatened with death. He and Nehemiah doesn't back down. He just, he's like, God has got me on this mission. God has called me to it. He's going to see me through it. And I know that's cliche, but it is very, very true. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that, you know, especially when you're in ministry and you've, let's say you're up against a deadline and you're fundraising or you're up against a deadline when it comes to creating an event or you're up against a deadline when it comes to, you know, you're trying to sign up kids for some program and it's just not happening and not happening. And you're freaking out about it. You got to take a deep breath. And ask yourself, Mm -hmm. did did God call us to do this thing that we're doing? Mm
1: -hmm. Because if He did,
0: you've done your side of things. Mm -hmm. You got you pray, and God's going to show up on for His side of things, right? Because again, if you
1: you pray and show up ready to work,
0: correct. That's our way. Pray and yeah, pray and show up ready to work. Like it just right up there with get crooked. That's right. You have to go back and check that episode out, friends. Uh, on psalm 23 get corrupt. uh but yeah show up and be ready because god will god will show up god will fulfill what he's called you to do if he says i want you to help these people in this way i think of specifically our roles in the salvation army i know that if he's called me to help people and i need money to do that Mm -hmm. he's gonna provide the money to do it yep we're gonna pray lord You called us to this. This is what we think you're calling us to. Provide the means to do it. Now, Mm -hmm. does that mean we sit sit in our offices and and we sit prim and proper at our desk and just hope that checks walk in the door? No, although they do. And that's incredible and fun and amazing. And I love when that happens. But it does mean that we do our due diligence on our end. Right? Did you ever hear... I
1: can't remember the name, but this missionary Yeah. You already know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I do, but please go on. Okay. George, so yeah, George. He had, yeah, he had an orphanage.
0: Yep.
1: And uh where was it? Uh golly. England somewhere. Then something. Anyway, he had this orphanage. And um they weren't sure how they were gonna feed the orphans, essentially. Um, there was like no more food in the pantry. It was like looking bleak. But he had the orphans get up and he had them get dressed and he had them get ready for breakfast and he's had all the plates out and all the kids are there and they're like, Where's breakfast? And he was like, It's it'll be it'll be arriving shortly. And they're like, Okay. No, no, the cooks are like, What are we prepared? And he was like, Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be arriving shortly. So then the kids are there, they're like, What are we eating? And they're like, It'll be arriving shortly. And then they're like waiting. And then he was like, Any any moment now. <laughs> well and, he says,
0: Let's pray. Yeah. that's right. thank God for the breakfast
1: he's a we're about, about to receive. Me. That's right. That's yep. that's it. Yes. That's thank you. That's the part I missed. And the kids are like, What? And they're like, Nope, we're gonna pray. We're gonna thank God for our for our meal. And they're like, There's literally not a thing on my plate. And then as soon as they're done praying, what was it like a bread truck broke out? Like a we lost a wheel. Yep. Like or something like no, So, okay. okay so okay, you're, I'm butchering uh, the story, but no, but it was a okay. They get, as soon as they get
0: done saying the amen, there's a knock at the door. That's right. Right. And it's, Hey, God woke me up in the middle of the night and said that I needed to bake 300 loaves of bread for you for this morning. And George is like, that's fantastic. Here's some guys who can help you bring it in. So they brought in all the bread as soon as they get the breads on the table and to all the kids, they all get, Their bread, another knock at the door. And it's like, hey, uh, my wheel on my wagon just broke. And uh, it's full of perishable milk that that we're taking to market. But we can't get it there before it spoils. Can you take this extra milk off our hands so we can fix the wheel on our wagon? Well, yes, of course I I can. And sent some boys out and picked up, got all the milk and brought it in for all the kids. And so it's one of those things where he knew that the kids needed a breakfast. He knew that they needed to be fed. Mm-hmm. And he just trusted that the Lord was going to provide. It was Bristol, England is where he was. Bristol, then, England. Thank you. Back in the 1800s. Um, his story, if you ever have a chance to read a biography on someone, mm. George Mueller's biography is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, um, he was one that never, he only went to the Lord for the issue, like right. for what they needed. And God always just provided in crazy ways like that. Yep. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he didn't fundraise.
0: He didn't ask people for money. He just said, the Lord will provide. And the Lord did. Now, I think that takes an extraordinary faith. Mm. That takes, um, but it's, it's an extraordinary faith in an ordinary way. What I mean by that is it takes extraordinary faith because we often live in a scarcity mindset where we think we're never going to have enough. And so we're, you know, we're often hoarding blessings. Right. I mm. just got to keep it. I just got to hoard it because I don't know when my next blessing might be. I don't know when my next thing might be. And God works in a generosity mindset. You mm-hmm. can't outgive God. And I realized that I don't believe that's in scripture that way, but I've lived it out in my life. Any yeah. anytime that I've been extremely like generous to the point that my friends are like, wasn't that your last 20 like for the until your next paycheck? And I'd be like, well, yeah, like, mm-hmm. so what happens when I said, God will provide because he does. Now I, I wish I could say, yeah, I'm super awesome and put me on a pedestal. Cause I've done that a lot in my life. No, <laughs> literally like twice. Okay. But when I did, when I yeah. did, God showed up and provided.
1: Uh, yeah. We had a thing back uh, at our, at our former appointment and uh, um, actually it happened, it happened twice. One, I just really had, felt a call to start youth programming and the court was like so poor and so broke. And I was like, they're like, how could you even think about doing this? And I was like, I'm just to feel like I am supposed to do it. And then God provided all the leaders and the materials and like, it just worked. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. A second time was when we couldn't make payroll, um, uh, which was to pay our employees. Like there just right. wasn't right. enough money in the bank. And I was like, this sucks. And my husband said, let's go to the to the mercy seat at the front of the church or just pray. And so we did. And we just said, pray like, Lord, I really don't want to have to make the call to tell people, hey, I have to defer your paycheck a week because there's no money. Right. Um, And then when we were done praying, when we went to leave the office, there was a check stuck in the door for like, I think we needed four hundred dollars. And it was for like four hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it was like. And I always like joke. I always be like the Holy Spirit's like in the corner being like, nah ah, I got it, I got it." You know, and you're like, "You're right. Never should have doubted you." Right. But you know, but again, we need to be reminders of those. I'm a big per. I'm a big advocate of, um, continuing to tell these stories of faithfulness. Yeah, and writing them, down. um, because there are times when when it's hard to have faith. Yeah, when it seems like. I don't know I don't know where to start. I'm just a cupbearer who heard about a wall and I have no idea. But yeah. I'm just gonna show up and God let God take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um and he does. And then we but I think we need to be reminded sometimes about God is faithful. And if it's his idea, he'll see it through in usually super crazy ways. Cause I think God kind of gets a kick out of it sometimes. But that's just my theological take on it i think
0: i think so too well i think he also (laughs) wants us to know it was him
1: yeah yeah
0: that that because if it's not in a crazy way we'd probably take credit for it sure right it was not in an absolutely impossible we'd never think of that in a million years way we'd take credit for it Mm. and sometimes still do yeah um even when it's it's really god should get the credit and the glory because I mean, he's the one doing it. Um, Yeah. So if you're in a position of leadership or not, um, but you're finding that there are people who are are just naysayers or people who are just poking the bear to poke the bear, pray. And Mm. don't accept invitations you don't need to accept, right? Because again, oh, thank you so much for inviting me to that conversation. I will pass actually. Got other things to do with my life right now.
1: <laughs> what is that? Uh, my son threw an orange at me. Oh, fantastic. Elias, do you want to say hi? <laughs>
0: that was I not know if I can hear that. So, friends, I got to see Elias on screen, and he said hello. I don't know that that microphone picked it up, though. But Awesome, awesome. So, Amanda, do you have any final thoughts for tonight?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, haters gonna hate. True you story. don't gotta
0: subscribe. <laughs> that's it. Hit the unsubscribe button to haters. That's right. <laughs> Indeed.
1: Is that is that your that's your that's thought. It for the that's day? The thought. That's the thought. Leaving it at that.
0: All right. All right. Sounds good.
1: <laughs> well, friends, uh,
0: as always, we have just a wonderful time uh conversing and hope that you guys enjoy uh the podcast. If you ever have any thoughts, questions, comments we'd love to hear them so feel free to reach out or if anybody wants to write a review that's super fun too because we love to read those um they're very uh encouraging um and also we we can handle some critique if you're like dude you guys are off the wall um yep. we might not subscribe to that but no uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 take it and, and ponder on it so all right. Well, God blesses us. Why, Amanda? <laughs> so we can be a blessing to others. That's the idea. You can't outgive give God, friends. We'll catch you guys next time.